0: I am aware that we have done a lot on the front end of the service and so I'm not going to uh, keep you any longer than I have to, but I am going to follow the assignment that God gave me. So let's go now to the book of Jeremiah, hallelujah, and let's look together at Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning at verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. I think it is wisdom to identify that God connects the two. God says that trusting in man or making flesh his arm or putting all of your dependence in what is the natural ability of a person to do, that that's also causing the heart to depart from the Lord. Because you're trusting in one or the other, not both. If we're trusting in the Lord, we're trusting in the Lord. Amen. Amen. If we're trusting in Him, God might use people, but they're not the source of our help. God might give the doctor wisdom, but ultimately, my trust is not in that doctor. I'll go to a doctor, I will utilize the wisdom that God has given that doctor but I'm going to go trusting yes. in God because he's the one who will supply the answers and the direction. So whether it be financially or physically or, or you know, different things, preparing for your future, uh, trusting in somebody for a raise. We don't trust in people for the raise. Who do we look for? We look for God's well, God's blessing upon us and he'll use that person but I'm not putting my expectation on that person I'm putting my trust in God so when I recognize that if I turn my trust or my dependence can I use that word to talk when we say trust I want you to think dependence reliance who am I relying on who am I depending on because we say oh I trust in the Lord but you're depending on your paycheck If I'm trusting in the Lord, then praise God, He's gonna bless my paycheck, but my trust is not in my paycheck. My trust is in the Lord, and He's gonna use that paycheck to bless me, but I'm not going to put my reliance on that. So do you see it's a it's a choice, it's a perception, it's a it's a way that we guard our heart in that place of trusting in the Lord. And when I'm doing that, I'm not departing from the Lord. So to trust or to depend in natural abilities or human ability is departing from the Lord. That's Bible. That's not, that's not my observation. That's what he said. Their heart departs from the Lord when they're trusting in the natural. Verse 6, for he shall be. Now we're going to find out a description. God's going to give us a visual illustration of what the life is like who puts their trust in natural ability of man. He will be like the heath in the desert. Well, I don't know what a heath is. Y'all know what a heath is? Y'all ever use that word? You know, you walk around outside in front of your, your, and you're looking at your shrubs and your bushes, and you're saying, well, look at that heath. I've never done it. I've never done it. But it is talking about a shrub, it's talking about a certain kind of a plant. It says that this person will be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Just for the sake of definition, go ahead and give me Amplified and see if it it defines that for us a little bit more. For he shall be like a shrub or a person naked and destitute in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. But why? Because he's depending on the natural ability of man. His trust is in man. His trust is in the arm of flesh. His trust is in in what, what the employer can provide. His trust is in In his own ability. His trust is in how good he can save. His trust is in the natural, that dependence. He shall not see any good come, but he will dwell in the parched places in the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Stay in the Amplified, and let's go on into verse seven. Because you and I, this is us, we're in seven. We are not five and six, we are seven and eight. We are seven and eight kind of people. Blessed is the man or woman that trusts in the Lord. And I love that. The Amplified says most blessed. Hallelujah. Most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, relies on the Lord. We're going to use that word depend again. I'm depending on him. Depending on the Lord and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Verse 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river. And it shall not see and fear. That's what I want you to recognize. And if you have a King James or another translation, go ahead and write that somewhere in your your margin. Shall not see and fear. I will not see and fear when heat comes. What causes the person to fear is what they're seeing. They won't see and fear when heat comes. Why? Its leaf shall be green. It shall not be anxious. This person shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease from yielding fruit. So we're using the illustration of a plant or a a tree that is yielding fruit but he's also at the same time talking about a person it's talking about our lives we will not see and fear when heat comes so heat will come but I'm not looking at the heat and that I'm not feeling the heat the heat is there but it's not affecting me because my roots are deep into a water supply Why? I'm trusting and depending and relying on God, and that's my root system. Because of my dependence in God, my roots have reached into a different place than if I was depending on natural ability, mine or someone else's. If I was just depending on natural ability, my roots are going to stay shallow, why? Because they're, they're looking around me. They're reaching out to somebody else. They're reaching to what I can accomplish or what somebody else can accomplish. But if I'm sinking my roots down in to depend on God and to rely on God, I'm going to find a water supply that inoculates me from what's going on in the heat. Amen. The heat's there, but it's not affecting me because I have roots. Dependence in God, trusting in God. I have a supply that that is unseen. You can't see my supply, but you can see the effect of my supply. You can see how that, affly, that sub- supply is affecting my life. Amen. I'm depending on God. I'm trusting in God. And so the person, notice you won't, I don't see and fear when heat comes. You don't see and fear when heat comes. But the person who is relying on the natural ability of man, his or hers or somebody else's, that person will not see when good comes. Good can come and be all around them, but they're not seeing or receiving of it because their root system isn't connected to it. I won't see or fear when heat comes, but the person who is depending upon themselves or depending upon someone else in their life, they won't see when good comes. So what we are, who we are depending on is going to affect what we're seeing and how we're responding. Who we are depending on is going to affect how we see and how we respond. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Good News translation says, it, shall, it is not afraid when hot weather comes. It has no worries when there is no rain. It has this... This person who's trusting in the Lord has no worries when there is no rain. The Living Bible says they are not bothered by the heat nor worried by long months of drought. They're not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. The Wycliffe translation says it shall not dread, this person shall not dread when heat shall come, shall not be moved Shall not dread and shall not be moved in the time of drought. Shall not dread and shall not be moved. But here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. The message translation. The message translation says, never a worry. That's what I'm going to title it today. Never a worry. Never a worry. Through the hottest of summers. (laughs) Never a worry. Never dropping a leaf serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. Don't you love that? No matter how hot it is, never a worry. Never a worry. That's where God wants us to be. That's the high water mark that God is setting for us. That's the objective that He has for us to set our sights on, that we will develop such a trust, such a dependence, such a reliance on him, on his ways, on his word, on his Holy Spirit to lead us, that we are never at a disadvantage, never worried, never moved, not dreading. No matter what happens, we don't dread. You have to practice that. Anybody who's walked with the Lord any length of time, you know what I'm talking about. You know that when situations come, the flesh, the natural part of you as a human being wants to respond the way everybody around you is responding. But you have to maintain the reins of your spirit. You have to maintain the reins of your life with your spiritual strength. And you have to say, no. We're not going to give in to that. We're not going to respond in fear. We're not going to fall apart. We're not going to get hysterical. We are going to believe God, and we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? Amen. Amen. So never a worry. That is is our our objective. Let's look at Psalm 112, which is, I think, one of the greatest descriptions of the righteous, especially from an Old Testament passage. But it speaks of different aspects of our life. Psalm 112, we're not going to look at the whole um, chapter, although the whole chapter is a picture of the righteous. But I want to look specifically at verse 7. One of the outstanding characteristics of the righteous man or woman is found here in verse 7 He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Isn't that what we just saw from Jeremiah? It said, we shall not dread or be moved. It it used different phrases uh, that that said, not be afraid, will not see in fear when heat comes. We won't be bothered by it, never a worry. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Why is this righteous person, why are you and I not afraid of evil tidings? Our heart is already fixed. I don't have to go fix my heart. When I say fixed, I'm talking about established, positioned, um, uh, on the right frequency, connected. If you have, we we have a, a lot of computer uh, examples today. If you walk into your house and you're, you, you, have, your phone automatically connects to your internet, right? Your devices are, why? Because you've already connected them. You don't have to go in, hopefully, and reconnect every time you walk in and say, well, I've got to reset it, I've got to reconnect it. No, we're already connected. Our heart is already connected with trust in God. I depend on God. I'm training myself not to depend in my ability, not to depend on other people, but to put my trust in, to put my reliance on God so his heart is fixed. And because my heart is already fixed or, or um, stationed, positioned, I will not be afraid of evil tidings. I'm trusting in the Lord. So trusting in the Lord is... The the connection. Trusting in the Lord is the fixing, the, the positioning of our lives in line with His will. We're trusting in the Lord. So evil tidings may come, but they're not going to move us. We're, they're not going to cause us to dread. We're not going to see and fear when heat comes. Never a worry. Why? I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm trusting in the Lord. So this is, uh, uh, again, our objective. The Amplified, not the Amplified classic, but the regular, I believe, says, he will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting confidently, relying on and believing in the Lord. His heart is steadfast trusting. Steadfast trusting. If it's if it's not trusting, it won't be steadfast. The only way the heart can be steadfast is if we're trusting. So if we're, we're wavering, we're not steadfast. If we're wavering and say, but what if this happens? Erase the question. Take that question off the board. No, no, no. That's not going to happen because I'm trusting in the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Why? Because I'm trusting in the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. The expanded Bible says they won't be afraid. They do not fear bad news or to hear evil. They won't be afraid of evil or bad news. Their hearts are steady, steadfast, established, and prepared because they have trust in the Lord. Their hearts are steadfast, established, and prepared. How? They trust in the Lord. So the trust in the Lord needs to come so that in advance, we do that, that's our homework, that's our assignment, so that when evil reports come, when an evil tiding comes, when heat comes, we won't see it. We won't be moved by it. We won't respond. Why? Because we're already steadfast because we've set ourselves to trust in the Lord already. Amen? The Young's Living says, and I love how the Young's Living, it's so poetic. Of an evil report, he is not afraid. Prepared is his heart, confident in Jehovah. Kind of sounds like Yoda, I know, yeah. Prepared is his heart. <laughs> Yoda definitely quoted the young's living, right? Confident in Jehovah. So how is the heart prepared by be being confident in the Lord, trusting in the Lord? Glory to God. Isaiah chapter eight. Isaiah chapter eight. Let's look at verse 11. For the Lord spoke, spoke thus to me with a strong hand. Well, listen, if the Lord speaks to somebody strongly, I mean, this, if he, he emphasizes this so that we see the seriousness of what God was saying. He said, the Lord spoke this to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. He instructed me with a strong hand. God was serious about this. He came to me and he, he was very emphatic. He was emphatic. He was strong and told me I should not walk in the way of this people. Can you show me amplified here of verse 11? Hallelujah. The Lord spoke this to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me. And instructed me. See that? That's a warning. He warned me and instructed me. The New Living says, He has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. A strong warning not to think. Now, here we've seen the Amplified and the King James use the word to walk. Well, whenever we see that in the Bible, he's talking about our daily lives. When he's talking about your walk or your path, he's talking about your daily life. So in your daily life, you should not think like they think. You should not respond like they would respond. We saw from Jeremiah 17, there's a different response by the one based on who they're trusting in. They're not trusting in the one I'm trusting in. That's why they're acting the way they're acting. That's why they're talking the way they're talking. That's why they're doing what they're doing. They don't trust the one I'm trusting in. If they trusted the one I was trusting in, they wouldn't be re- reacting that way. So he says, with a warning, with an instruction, not to walk. And the New Living again says, not to think like everyone else does. The next verse, I'm going to read King James first. Say ye not. Now, what did he say? This was a warning don't think like this, don't walk like this saying with your words, don't say these things, a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. If they're calling it a confederacy, you don't call it a confederacy. Now, that's not as clear as the amplified. Let me show you the amplified here. Do not call conspiracy or hard Or holy, all that this people will call conspiracy or hard or holy. They say it's hard. You don't say that. Don't say, well, it's just so hard. Don't say it's just so hard to raise your children in this day and age. It's so hard to serve God in this day and age. It's just so hard to save any money when the prices are going up at the grocery store. Don't say that. Why, you're not depending in money for your food. You're depending in God. We're trusting in God. And the blessing of God is at work in our life. And the Word of God, we're working the Word. We're doers of the Word. And we are receiving the results of being doers of the Word. Amen? So he says, do not call conspiracy or hard or holy what these people will call it. Why? Because they don't see, and notice what it says next neither be in fear of what they fear. They don't see what you're seeing, they don't perceive things through the word, they're not identifying God in the equation. So they're going to call it a certain way. They're going to describe it a certain way. They're going to perceive it a certain way. But he said, I don't want you to perceive it that way. And I don't want you to talk about it that way. Why? Because you need to look at me. God says, you need to look to me. You need to depend on me. And if you're looking to me, you won't call it hard. You'll say, that's easy. That's easy for the Lord. You know, everybody else called Goliath hard. But David came on the scene and he said, what do I get if I take him out? To him, he had a whole different perspective. He saw things completely different. He said, I took out the lion and the bear. Goliath is nothing. He has no covenant. What was he seeing? He said, that opposition, that adversity, that enemy does not have a covenant with God and I have a covenant with God. He heard what Goliath was saying and he responded to it differently. Everybody else cowered and he said, he's he's insulting God and I can't take it. He is insulting God. Are you going to let him talk like that? Somebody needs to do something. Right? So what was his heart? I'm not going to let him blaspheme my God that way. Everybody else was like, I'm not going to let him take off my head today. That's what they were thinking, right? We don't think like others think. We don't talk like others think. And we don't fear like others fear because why? We've already fixed our heart on him. We've already established our dependences on God. I'm trusting in God. Hallelujah. Neither be in fear of what they fear nor make others afraid. And in dread. So there are some things you can't repeat if it's going to cause fear to, to be in other people. Amen. Don't be the, so quick to spread the bad news. Don't be so quick to be the first one. Let me tell you what just happened. Did you see on the news? No, I didn't see on the news. Oh, good. Let me tell you what I saw. No? We, our words, are we are instructed in the New Testament to use our words for edifying, for building people up. Don't be a spreader of fear words. So you don't fear and don't spread words of fear. Hallelujah. So this was a warning that God gave. A strong warning not to think like everyone else thinks. And then in verse 12, he said, don't call, don't call hard what they call hard. Don't call conspiracy what they call conspiracy. And don't be in fear of what they fear. Why well, You don't have to fear what other people fear. You have someone in your life that they may not have. And if they do have the Lord in their life and they're still fearing, they just haven't fixed their heart on Him yet. To trust in the Lord. So, Psalm 94. Psalm 94, verse 13. Let's begin in 12, actually. 12 says, Blessed is the man whom you chasten, O Lord, and teach him out of your law. Blessed is the man whom you chasten. Now, chastening of the Lord is not him putting things on you that Jesus delivered you from. Chastening is correction. If you've got a bad attitude, you want him to correct you. If you're looking at things from a wrong perspective, you want him to correct you. If you're, he's a loving Heavenly Father, and he's not going to correct you with sickness or disease or hardship. If a person has refused the correction of God to the point that the enemy has gained an entrance into their life and he has brought into their life sickness, disease, or hardship, it wasn't God who did it. God tried to bring the correction to help them shut the door. But the great thing is if they, if that person would repent to God and correct that thing he was dealing with them about, that repentance will shut the door and the enemy will have to leave and take with him whatever he brought in the way of hardship. Amen? So, praise God for the chastening of the Lord. It's correction. It's keeping us on track. It's keeping us in line with his plan. Blessed is the man. And then it says in verse 13, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity. Until the pit be digged for the wicked, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity. I want to have the amplified for this one as well. The amplified brings something out from the Hebrew language that is beneficial for us. That you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. That's... For you. That was worth you combing your hair and come to church today. You have power to keep yourself calm in the days of adversity. How? He corrects us, he keeps us in line with his plan. And as long as I am walking in in line with the word, I can resist anything the enemy brings. I can resist anything the curse is doing around me. I can resist the will of evil people around me. It doesn't have to hurt me. He said he gives us power to keep ourselves calm in the days of adversity. Hallelujah. And we need that because if we're responding the way other people are responding, we're not trusting in the Lord. If we're, if we're responding in fear, we are stopping the flow of faith because they're both not in operation. You're not going to operate in fear in your heart with, with faith having its full operation at the same time. It's not going to happen. You have to stop one to start the other. So if fear is operating, now fear might come, but you don't have to let it have its flow. I remember hearing Kelly Copeland tell the story of when her daughter, they woke up on a Christmas morning and her daughter had uh, uh, like 104, 105 fever and they had to rush her to the hospital and they ended up taking her to the children's hospital and she had a form of meningitis that was going throughout the state of Texas that year and m- many, many of the young ladies, her, uh, young people of her age, the same age, Uh, had died of that meningitis and they were telling Kelly Copeland, your child might die. We, We can't promise you anything. We'll do the best that we can. And she said, at that moment, when they walked away after giving her that report, she's standing there and fear is all around her. Fear was so heavy around her that it was pressuring her, it was, it was oppressing, it was heavy, it was like trying to, to gain entrance. It, there was a force of fear with those words and with that report. And her sister, uh, uh, Pastor Terry Pearsons, came up to her and said, Kelly, are you okay? And Kelly said, I will not fear. And when she said those words, that fear had to back up. She said, "I could I could feel that fear lifting." But as, as it was it was trying to gain entrance with her words, when she resisted that fear with her words, that fear had to back up. Her faith came out of her heart in those words, "I will not fear." It's a choice that we make. And so we have the power to calm ourselves and find peace in the days of adversity. The amplified not the, the new amplified of that same verse says that you may grant him power to calm himself and find peace in the days of adversity. We have that power because the greater one lives in us. We've got to know to choose that power. We've got to practice living in that that power to make that choice. We've got to choose every day. Even with the small things, you don't have to wait until a major uh, situation is confronting you. Anything that violates peace, anything, whether it be a commercial, whether it be a, a song, whether it be a news report, if it violates peace, if, if something right here just it just takes that, that peace away from that scratching right there, you, no, 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 no. Open your mouth and resist that. No, I am guarding my peace. The peace that passes all understanding guards my heart and mind. I cast, see it says in the New Testament that we have to cast our care upon him. And then after we make that choice to, uh, to, to refuse the care, to cast the care upon Him, then He establishes that peace for us and that peace becomes a protection for us. So this is something we need to practice. It's part of fixing our heart or trusting in God so that our heart is established, that we don't let anything move us over into that place of worry. Glory to God. Let me go with the message of Psalm ninety four thirteen before I move to my uh, next verse and we'll make it our final verse and pick up from here tonight. The message of Psalm ninety four thirteen says, how blessed the man you train, God, the woman you instruct in your word. Isn't that good? Trained by God. Like, oh, you're, you're at a new job. Who's training you? How, what if we just all had on our resumes trained by God? trained by God for this life I'm living, yep, trained by God. How blessed the man you train, God, the woman you instruct in your word, providing a circle of quiet within the clamor of evil. That's where we live, faith builders, the circle of quiet. That's where we live. We don't see when the heat comes, what do we see? My roots are down deep in the supply of God. I've got more than enough peace. I've got more than enough health. I've got more than enough strength and joy. And I've got more than enough, why? Because I have a supply that is not moved by what's going on around me. I have a circle of quiet even in the midst of a clamor of evil. Hallelujah. All right, last but not least, let's look at Luke 21. Luke 21, and you'll want to come back to, tonight for the, the next installation because the Holy Spirit ministered the way He ministered at the front of the service to prepare you for this, Amen. to free us up, to clear us so that we could see ourselves in this, this circle of quiet within a clamor of evil. Hallelujah. Luke 21 Jesus is teaching, and he's teaching about things that are going to happen in the last days. And I would say that we are of agreement that we're in the last of the last days. And Luke 21 26, Jesus said, Men's hearts failing them for fear. For fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Well, that's what we've been talking about. We will not fear. We will not see and fear when heat comes. It says that that righteous person in Psalm 112, he does not fear evil tidings. Why? His heart is fixed. So we are are recognizing something the enemy is going to use in the last days to sabotage people, to put people at a disadvantage, not you. Because you're trusting in the Lord. But for those people who are trusting in the flesh, who are trusting in natural man's ability to protect them and to provide for them, it says men's hearts failing them. Now, Charles Caps made a statement that always rings true to me as I read this verse. He said, in all of the examples where Jesus used the heart of man... He never was speaking about the natural organ, blood pump in our body. That he was always, when Jesus taught about the heart, and if we follow that rule of interpretation, that when Jesus taught about the heart, he was always talking about the spirit of man. When he talked about the heart in the parable of the sower, he was talking about the spirit of man. When he said in Matthew chapter 12, out of the heart proceeds uh, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When he was speaking in, in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe it was, he said, out of, out of the heart proceeds evil things uh, or good things. So he was, he was always talking about our spirit. So if that's true in this case, he's not talking about a physical heart attack. Although some people do suffer because of the stress. They do suffer physically experiencing heart attacks because of the stress and the fear of a moment. But we are talking from a spiritual perspective. Let's find out what that would mean spiritually, men's hearts failing them. Remember I said you can't operate faith and fear. Well, if my spirit, my heart, my heart, my spirit is failing It's failing to produce the spiritual supply I need for that moment. If my spirit is failing because of fear, it's failing to provide the peace. Where's out of the abundance of the heart? The mouth speaks, but also guard your heart because out of it flow the issues, the forces of life. The forces of Galatians 5, where it's talking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith, all of those forces of the Spirit are in the heart, and they are the necessary components for us to live in victory. If I don't have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith operating in my life, I'm not going to walk the Word very easily. Amen? So he said, Because of fear, and that word fear means dread or terror, because of dread, they won't be believing the way they need to be believing. They won't have peace the way they need to have peace. Because of dread or terror or fear. Now let's go on in this same verse. How is it happening? What is causing this dread, this fear, this terror? They are looking... At things which are coming. Hadn't come yet, hadn't happened yet, but they're just anticipating the occurrence of it. They're just, it, it hadn't, uh, I mean, toilet paper wasn't really out of stock until everybody started fearing being without toilet paper in their house and going and buying an entire room and fi- full of toilet paper fill in their car with toilet paper, as much toilet paper as they could stuff in their vehicle every time they left the house, go by and get 17 packs of toilet paper. Now we've got, it hadn't even happened yet. But, I mean, of all the things that people could be concerned about being without, the anticipation and expectation of life without toilet paper... It was a dread. It was a fear. It was an expectation. They were acting in ways that people who were trusting weren't acting. Hallelujah. Men's hearts failing them for fear because they're looking they're looking their expectation looking after those things which are coming let me see the amplified here at verse 26 men men's hearts men swooning away or oh, expiring swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation Now, because we are faith builders, we've spent time talking about our expectation. On the good side, the necessary expectation for faith to have something to build, you have to have hope. There has to be a hope that comes from the Word of God, and then faith gives substance to the things you're hoping for that's how the Knox translation says it. What is faith? Faith is that which gives substance to the things you hope for. So if there's no hope, what is faith going to build? If there's no blueprint, what can the builder build? In the same way, if the dread, if the blueprint is evil, if the blueprint is negative, if the blueprint is we're going to go under, If the blueprint is it's all going to fall apart, if the blueprint is a negative report, then faith isn't going to build it, but fear will. Fear works in the same way to bring into a person's life, like a magnet, faith works to bring the things you're hoping for, that you're expecting, good from the Word, those expectations that the Word of God has birthed in you. But the enemy, knowing that that's how God has designed our spirit to work, the enemy would love to get the wrong expectation, to build that wrong blueprint. And so the people who are looking at the blueprint that the enemy provides, the blueprint of failure, the blueprint of of defeat, the blueprint of not enough, the blueprint of rejection, the blueprint of, of we're all going under if that blueprint is what a person is giving their attention to, then fear is going to build it. Now, as a child, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And my parents let me watch whatever I wanted to watch. And we had HBO and we had all of the, we had a satellite dish. And so we got all kinds of movie channels and and so they would go to bed and leave me up and let me watch whatever I was watching. And so I watched the Amityville Horror. I watched all of the scary movies because, you know, it was... Nobody told me not to. I had, had nobody in my life saying, you don't need to be watching those scary movies. Of course, no Christian influence to tell me a, a believing reason why. But, I mean, not even any... any they were like, it was acceptable and i remember trying to go to sleep after i had watched the amityville horror and in the amityville horror there was this this it was about a haunted home in amityville and it was supposedly based on a true story and all this crazy stuff and murders that had gone on in the house and it was all but but in it there was these pig eyes in a window and, and all night long, I was pulling my head out from under my covers to look at my window and see if pig eyes were looking at me through those, if there was any red eyes peering at me. I could hear things that I had never paid attention to before. I heard noises that that house made all the time, but I'd never paid attention to those noises before. And you know, in my mind... It was footsteps coming down the hallway. There were no footsteps, but I was imagining them. There was no window opening, but I was imagining it. All of those things that weren't even real, but my imagination made them real to me because I had put the wrong ingredients in my imaginator. And with the wrong ingredients in the imaginator, you are going to have wrong imaginations that you shouldn't even have to deal with. So if you... I'm going to do what Pastor Ron said. I'm closing my eyes, y'all. If you allow the news to put all of the fear and the worst... Of the worst and the deceit and the lies, you know what your imaginator is going to produce? Not what you're supposed to be producing. Hallelujah. How did their hearts fail? By what they were looking at. By what they were looking at. By their, give me the amplified up there one more time. It says, Fear and dread and apprehension and expectation. Those all take place in the heart. I'm either believing or I'm fearing. The apprehension, the expectation. I'm in control of that. And I can choose to put my roots down, trusting in God. And you know what I'm apprehending? I'm apprehending the blessing. I'm apprehending the good. I I see that no evil shall befall me and no plague shall come near my dwelling. That's what I see. Right? That's what I'm looking at. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. You've got to... Choose to look at that. You've got to choose to depend on God. Amen. Hallelujah. By what we look at. By what I'm, what I'm allowing in my ears and in my eyes is affecting what's getting in my heart. And God is not going to override your free will to turn that tv off (laughs) he's not going to override your free will to say i need to get off the phone right now he's not going to override you've got to make the choice because there are things that you may be dealing with unnecessarily just because of the choice to allow the conversation to continue That was for somebody. Stand with me to your feet. Thank you for your patience today.